This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. Rise up. The answer lies in the heart of battle. You're listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Hadouken! It's time. Talk time. Let's go. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Live. Started in the 80s with Matt Cross. Dudes in the hood might have called that song, but I carried that cross like Jesus did. Fast forward, I teach the kids to learn how to let go, live life, and show love to all things that don't matter. Where y'all from? And luckily, there's a show called Talk Time. We've been waiting for this for a long time. Dax kicks the facts on all the geek news. Special guests and unbiased reviews. Suburban kids, the hipster street dudes. All can learn something new. Me too. I heard words when no faith is empty. I stayed the course, so my haters tempt me. Beep the podcast, that'll make them envy. It ain't too trendy. It's ACMG. Anime, comics, movies, and games. The come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. The come on. And let's get it. Talk time. Anime comics, movies and games. The come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime comics, movies and games. The come on and let's get it. Talk time. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the Prime Show. I'm your host, Xavier Josiah. Folks, I hope you're having a great week. Wrestling fans, I know you're having a tremendous week. Last week, it was pretty much one of the best wrestling events in history. And then follow up, we get NXT TakeOver, which was also phenomenal. So shout out to you guys out there. Of course, I always got to sneak in some wrestling information there. But I digress. We do have a lot of information and news to talk about this week in the world of our favorite fandoms. Along with that, we will talk about, in our talk topic of the week, the pilot episode of Swamp Thing, the latest series in the DC Universe. Is it good? Is it scary? Is it creepy? It's all of the above, and we're going to talk about that later on in this show. So for now, we're going to get right to it because we got some video game news that, of course came out after the select star podcast so let's not waste any time let's find out what's new in the world of acmg and now it's time to find out what's new in the world of acmg okay so basically Every single time that I actually do a Select Star podcast, I swear to goodness this happens a lot. Not all the time, but a lot. Usually what happens is I do a show and then shortly after, maybe like an hour or two later or maybe hours later to a day later, some really great information game-wise comes out that announces something huge. And this exactly what happened. I did this show Friday, uh, this Friday, and lo and behold, an announcement later on that day came out from Netherrealm, and this is the news that we've been waiting for, for all Mortal Kombat fans who's been loving Mortal Kombat 11, and 
It is here. It is actually here. It is actually official. They have confirmed Shang Tsung is coming on June 18th. He's the first DLC character to, be, to come out, and they will release him there, but that's not all. During the release trailer, they also announced officially that the following characters will return as DLC characters, one of which is Sindel. She will be making a return. The Andenia uh, Queen will be making her return to the game, as well as Nightwolf. However, at this time, none of them pales in comparison to the announcement that we've all been waiting for, myself absolutely especially, have been waiting for, and that is the confirmation that, in fact, Todd McFarlane's spawn will be on this game. We have not seen this character since Soul Calibur. I believe Soul Calibur 3, which was an Xbox exclusive at the time, I hated that to high hell because I think we got... I'm a, I'm a PlayStation guy, and they gave an exclusive for that one, and it was Hey Heihachi um, from Tekken. And I was not feeling that. I was like, you guys got the best character. And also Nintendo got uh, Zelda, which I had a GameCube at the time, which was really cool. But I never, ever got a chance to play as Spawn on Soul Calibur. Never, to this day. And since then, myself and many others have been waiting a long time to bring Spawn back into the fighting game genre. And what better game to bring him back to, aside from Injustice 2, <laughs> but this is even more appropriate if you've read any spawn comic books or if you've seen the movie from way back with michael jai white uh that was done by new line cinema you know that this guy is not for the weak at heart he's something totally out of this world but created by todd mcfarlane and he kills often so and he kills in the most vicious way so it makes sense that he would be an appropriate character for spawn now for those who don't know Spawn has been a much sought after character dating back since Injustice 2. And uh, back then at Boone on Twitter, if I remember correctly, he actually put out a poll asking what character do you want to see in Injustice 2? And one of the characters that I know that was in there was Hellboy. Another one, I forgot what the other one's on, but I know for a fact that Spawn was in there and and also for the fact that Spawn was also the most voted character to be on that show. Now, lo and behold, they wound up getting Hellboy, which is not a bad pick. And he does fit the format of Injustice. However, Spawn was much was the one everybody wanted to see. But I, I don't know if it had anything to do with the image comics, DC Comics clash or connection or whatever. And politics went from there. So what they did was basically put spawn on mortal Kombat, which i thought was way more appropriate anyway because he's he won't be held back to do anything that we know he could do his fatality is going to be possibly vicious and insane and it's going to be awesome it's absolutely going to be awesome now i got a feeling ed boom probably thought the same thing too like why waste him on injustice 2 when like when if you do a super if you do one of their super moves it's going to wind up being like dc versus uh Mortal Kombat, you know, DC Universe versus Mortal Kombat, which I thought was always a great game and a very fun game, but for some reason, people were bitching and moaning about the fact that they didn't do fate, that the Mortal Kombat guys did not do fatalities, which to me was just like, it was absurd. I get it. I get it, but, you know, DC did not want their characters to be killed off 
in the most brutal way. And I can understand why. It, you know, it, it it wouldn't make sense to the actual, you know, essence of the universe for them to be mutilated in such a way. And especially considering, like, you got Superman who has, who's damn near a god and can't be, you know, hurt by somebody, by the likes of, like, a scorpion or a sub-zero you know it wouldn't make sense but they managed to make the storyline work for what they did in that game if you guys remember the storyline of it and it worked out but now we got them here and you know the kick gloves are off so we'll be able to see a the spawn that we know and love should be on here if you've read that comic if you read the comic back in the 90s it's awesome i was i've always been a spawn fan i'm always mostly i've been a top mcfarlane fan since the spider-man days but that man it's deservingly so and not only that i gotta point out too dating back to when i went to san diego comic-con uh back in uh 2017 i went to the tom mcfarlane and uh i forgot what's the guy's name um the creator of the walking dead i forgot his name i'm blanking out but it was a extremely entertaining panel and it was there that tom mcfarlane revealed that he is working on the spawn movie so with them coming out with spawn now this kind of really indicates that there may be further developments in this for them to do that so this can be much more than just him appearing in the actual um video game but also leading up to more news coming for spawn very soon and uh in the hands of todd mcfarlane so we will see but there this how we found this out that is there was a really cool gameplay trailer displaying shang soon's body morphin uh move set and voiced by the beloved actor carrie hiroyuki tagawa if you guys remember that is the original actor who played shang soon on the cult classic original mortal kombat movie from new line cinema so he's back doing this he he participated in um reprising the role for the video game and not only that but they gave him the likeness they brought i mean they brought back the likeness of him and this version there's two versions if you played the crypt in the game there's the old version but it has the face of carrie on there carrie tagawa on there but if you see the recent trailer there's a younger version of him and he looks awesome he looks like a very young version of carrie tagawa in there you know it really a lot of great respect to that because that movie is still beloved by all i watched it um during the uh the week of mortal kombat and it still holds a candle it's of course you can always do a better version of this movie you can always create it better but it was a lot of fun to watch this movie it still is a lot of fun to watch this movie but carrie hiroyuki tagawa was kind of the standout guy he really his role as shang soon was everything you ever expected and wanted and actually better than what we expected and wanted and it's only right that they let him reprise his role it was and he just brings so much more to this game which is also why i it's one of my favorite uh, mortal combats of all time at this point um now they're also they're also during the uh shang sun gameplay trailer they're also mentioned that they're going to be two guests to appear later in the uh series that will be revealed but also with the sound of a buzzsaw so many in our acmg facebook group were contemplating who that might be and many the first thing that came out of people's mind of course it's bruce campbell's uh ash character from the from evil dead 
while a lot of people would love that and it kind of would be appropriate to add him on because he just fits it just like jason and leatherface and freddie did back then the situation here is that bruce campbell was interviewed a while back and he confirmed that he will not be in the game however that could be a cop-out and that could be him be throwing people off their scent to say that he's not going to be in there so it you never know until they reveal it so i wouldn't give up hope on that note because a lot of times they don't want people to really you know be smart about these situations and they want them to be totally surprised sometimes they it works sometimes it doesn't but we'll see but bruce uh campbell has confirmed not to be on air but what may be true to that is that my prediction which is there's another person to use bus saws or saws and that's and that's uh cyrax if you guys remember in the story of mortal kombat 11 cyrax and sector are in the game not only just in the storyline of the game in the story mode but you can fight them in there so they have a whole move set and everything in the game so sooner or later they are bound to come out and i have a feeling it just might be them and if that's the case i don't know why they would actually hide those characters when we already kind of know that they're there but i'm actually looking forward to playing them as well so I, honestly in my opinion for me they gave me what i want and all i wanted was spawn everybody else was just okay extras i want to spawn i want to spawn with a passion for this game and now that we're getting it oh this is going to be fantastic i can't wait to see what they do with this character so we will see hopefully we'll get more information as uh news develops from there so let's switch on to something else really very interesting that just popped up this week and just kind of blasted everywhere on social media and media in general and that's uh actor john witherspoon if you guys don't know that name you probably seen him in a lot of things he especially if you guys were cult classic fans of friday starring ice cube and chris tucker john witherspoon played the, the fan favorite father of that series as well as he's played in a lot of other iconic and memorable show uh movies uh of course shows too i mean he was in the wayne's brothers uh he also was on house party i mean he would if you go way back and i know a lot of people maybe of other cultures don't know this one but hollywood shuffle hollywood shuffle i mean like the whole cake i you know i can't even describe to you what that is but hoes gotta eat too and that was the biggest joke that he did at the time and this was back in the day one of robert townsend's earliest actually the movie that got him to the fame to the legendary fame that he's got now was hollywood shuffle but he also robert townsend also wrote for uh i believe he wrote for eddie murphy and other people as well down the line he had his own hbo comedy specials as well awesome awesome dude but he had john witherspoon on there as well so why am i bringing up john witherspoon is because recently in an interview on the joe rogan experience another great podcast he just joe rogan gets everybody on that show i mean like not just celebrities but anything that interests joe rogan he gets them on the show to talk about it he's all about hmm, that's another bad idea i got something in my head i just thought about but um they actually uh had him on the show along with john witherspoon's son and they talked about his experience on the show on the, on the boondocks and black jesus to which he then stated the show will be back and yes boondocks season four is in the works and is expected to come back the ever beloved african-american tv series about two kids living in the suburbs with his with their grandfather 
created by Aaron McGrutter. The ever so critically acclaimed comic strip series uh, from the news from the newspapers uh, is coming back. The con- very controversial show at that. Now, the interesting thing here is no word as to whether Aaron McGrutter will be also writing and directing the series itself. Now, there was a situation where Aaron McGrutter left the show in season three uh, because for some reason, for what I understand, and I could be wrong because there's a lot of different information going out there, but for what I've read up and understood is that they Cartoon Network wouldn't allow him to work on both Black, uh, I'm sorry, Black Jesus and the Boondocks. And that led to a lot of situations dispute over Cartoon Network uh, creative rights, you know, so and such like that. So, but even though he didn't direct the series, he actually did write for the series. He has a writer's credit for season three. Uh, to my understanding, from what I looked up on IMDb, he actually did write the series uh, through all through. And there was all of these complaints about that these rebellious somewhat contrarian complaints over the fact that Aaron McGrutter um, Aaron McGrutter didn't have full capability of doing both series and to be honest I like Black Jesus but I like Boondocks better much better much much better uh I don't know maybe the situation at hand but season three didn't live up to expectations as people wanted i don't know if that was because people thought that Aaron mcgruder had no participation in there but in fact he actually did so for those who actually thought that the show sucked because Aaron mcgruder wasn't a part of it i hate to tell you this but he has a writer's credit on the on season three so you kind of got to take it from there maybe he just written it off and just you know, just kind of just went with went with the win and focused more on Black Dynamite. I mean, I'm sorry, not Black Dynamite, uh, Black Jesus. And it was that. But I don't know. Um, he, you don't know what's going to happen from there. Uh, you know, those schedule conflicts was very interesting. It, what I found even more interesting is that they didn't allow him to do Black Jesus and the Boondocks and work on both of those. However, and that's just that's just Cartoon Network. We can't. That we got to know that that's Cartoon Network's decision. However, we do see people like Seth MacFarlane and Seth Green, who works on The Family Guy all the time, but also works on a ton of other different shows and movies. They have handled it all. They've been allowed to handle so much things. All this brother wanted to do was also work on both shows. I don't understand. I, of course, we'll never understand the deep end of what and why. That he could, he wasn't allowed to do that, and why he couldn't have that type of creative control. But I just find it very interesting, and I'm not leading to anything. I just noticed the significance here. And of course, it's Fox. Fox has, you know, it's their own brand. They made decisions on their own, and they trusted Seth MacFarlane to be able to handle all of that. He's done American Dad. He's done the Cleveland Show, which I liked. I'm not being biased, but it, it was funny. Um, he, they also, you know, Seth Green worked on Dads and well, another Seth MacFarlane project. It flopped, but it, you know, I actually like Dads, um, but it flopped. Greg the Bunny flopped. Uh, Seth Green's still doing Robot Chicken. You know, there. Uh, Seth MacFarlane did a whole bunch of movies and then also one of my favorite shows, The Orville, which he actually is not only a part of, but a big time, but he's acting and he's the lead character of this damn show. And he's still doing Family Guy. So I don't get why 
you know, there's so much trust for Seth, the, the two Seths, and you can't give a genius like Aaron McGrutter that type of same respect. And I hope that things have changed in the mindset of, uh, you know, Cartoon Network, because if you really want to make an argument, you can make the argument of Seth McFarlane and Seth Green being able to do multiple projects for their company, for their uh, network, and they're not giving him the same pull. That to me is that's that's to me it, it it's not right. It's not right. But it's coming back, and I hope that he comes back in full force with it, because there's a lot of things that he could talk about. There's a lot of things that's been going on, and he's really clever and smart about talking about certain topics on the on in this animated show. For one thing, it's one of the I, arguably, almost not arguably, the greatest animated series focused on an african-american cast of characters first of all the animation is ungodly gorgeous like anime level uh quality and we got to have that that's you know from an animated standpoint that's our black panther (laughs) in a sense because we never got to have anime you know animated characters look that good probably not since you know bill cosby and the cosby kids to be honest I mean, we've never gotten that type of quality, and this supersedes that uh, cartoon back in the day. So, I am hoping that he comes back in full force. He deservingly so, and I would love to hear what's on his mind these, uh, in this day and age. So, everything's changed majorly since he's been on TV. Since that show has been on TV, I mean, I would love to get an idea of what he has to say and how he would paint that picture, that portrait on a canvas. You know, so we'll see. There is no information, of course, uh, that John Witherspoon said it was coming back. He just said it was coming back. He's going to be reprising his role as uh, as granddad. And, you know, not only that, Regina King, who also plays both characters. And this is when I realized how talented Regina. King, I've always knew she was extremely talented, but for her to be able to play both roles of Huey and uh riley and be able to let allow them to sound have a different personality and different voices and that's incredible she deserved a damn oscar a long time ago before she got the oscar so she has she's always spoken out and said that she would be always ready and willing to do a reprise her role as the two boys on that show so i will be all for that i would so be all for that so we'll see and again as news develops we'll uh, provide more information at the time so let's switch on to some other interestingly great news and that is my thoughts on the dark crystal age of resistance trailer the trailer was just released by netflix not too long ago and uh, scheduled with an august release and this looks very interesting if you guys have never seen the dark crystal before if you didn't grow up in the 80s you wouldn't and into the era where you know before cgi there was jim henson Jim Henson was and always will be the master puppeteer, the late great Jim Henson, if you will. And he uh, has put in a legacy unlike any other. He came one of the things he's came out aside from you know creating the Sesame Street puppets and and the Muppets. He came out later on with the Dark Crystal, which was a beloved cult classic that he created and i can't eat it's been so long i forgot the whole you know storyline of that whole entire thing but it, it did involve this you know crystal with great evil energy and stuff that they were trying to 
find, I guess. It's been so long since I was a kid when I saw that movie. Loved it. Oh, yeah, Fraggle Rock, too. I forgot to mention that. But, um, you know, there's a new version coming out. There's going to be a new series coming out. This is very interesting. It's coming out for Netflix. And the trailer starts off uh, showing you the character Deet, I, who I don't know if it's the same character from the original. I don't know. but Or this is a new story. It's been a while, like I said. But the character Deet being summoned by a disembodied voice who warns her um, of a risk darkening the uh of the darkening actually that causes much chaos to those who touch it which is the dark crystal of course uh we then see her touch a flower which ignites images of her head uh in, in her head actually of possible things to come we then see a room which has the dark crystal in it two creepy little hands grab the uh, grab it and pull it down a hole the crystal seems to be activating of sorts and we also see an old sage woman warn them off uh that she's uh she sees many endings stand uh standing before us some good many bad that's how she put it now which, while saying that the minute that she said that the old uh sage woman spoke of that that immediately clicked in my head this could be one of those netflix series with multiple endings and we have to pick out what ending it is um this could be somewhat of an interactive series and if they do it that way it'll be absolutely awesome to do that so we're gonna if if it really is true that we may get different endings and and possibilities you know based on a click of a remote control that will be fantastic and that reminds me of another netflix show that did the same thing recently one of the first to do that and that was black mirror uh burner snatch which gave you multiple options to go in different directions. It had a bit of an algorithm, which allowed you to have different multiple endings in there. So it allowed you to want to keep going back and watching it over again. So we will see as it comes along because it will be premiering on August 30th. And I'm pretty sure by that time, we'll see much more information involving that as well. So switching on to some anime news, and this is pretty damn big in my opinion. Funimation, who was already acquired by Sony, is now acquiring the UK animation dis- distributor Manga. If you're an anime fan, especially if you're a real otaku from back in the day, before the term otaku was ever known, before the word anime was ever known, you know it, it was Japanimation, and you know that Manga was one of the forefront pioneer studios and distributors of anime at the time. Funimation announced on Wednesday that it acquired the uh, legendary UK and Ireland company as a long-term partner for Funimation. The list of anime for this company is beyond huge with classics such as Ninja Scroll, Apple Sea, Battle Angel Alita, which we actually just saw in theaters this year, Bubblegum Crisis, Matt Cross Plus, one of my favorites, love the soundtrack for that, Street Fighter the movie, and Street Fighter 2V, and many more. This is you can't get better than this. This is absolutely awesome. They'll be able to distribute more DVDs on Blu-ray and stuff like that. Hopefully, we can see more of a selection of movies on the what is that in the Funimation Now app. So I haven't seen Bubblegum Crisis is a classic. People love. I believe it might be actually in there already. I'm not sure. Our version of it is in there. Macross Plus is not um, because that's a. For those who don't know, Matt Cross is Robotech. For those who might who might not know, Apple Seed I believe is also in Funimation now as well. Uh, Battle Angel Alita is not Street Fighter. Only thing Street Fighter is on air is Street Fighter Assassin's Fist is on air. So 
either way that's a great grab uh i highly recommend if you guys really love anime like that and the hardcore adult continuity uh you know themed anime go out of your way to check out manga they got some things the manga animated uh movies and and series were those movies and series that like you saw these one it tested whether you can stomach anime because there were some very violent gritty gratuitous type of you know scenes in these things to, to which none of us have ever seen before at that time because in the 80s all we had was saturday morning cartoons so when anime started lurking its way through tape trading in the u.s and we saw this and it's like holy crap this is this is i'm i don't even know if i'm old enough to see this there's nudity there's gratuitous you know uh violence in here and it's like what the hell am i watching oh mom's coming hold on hey hey, how you doing you know so it was kind of like that. it was kind of, it was exact like that i can tell you there's many of uh, my friends and many people who would attest that watching those cartoons did two things it made you you know be aware of where your parents were and also it you knew kind of a fact that like your parents wouldn't exactly realize that you're watching something like that unless they really focused on what you're watching otherwise you just say that you're watching cartoons nah, it wasn't <laughs> so that's awesome i'm looking forward to seeing the development of this and hopefully it hopefully it really does develop into something really good for funimation and us anime fans as well so let's talk sonic again thought we stopped talking about sonic we would have if not for a very talented man a very talented 3d animator artist great uh very popular dude youtuber if you will so apparently and shout out to michael burhan on our acmg facebook group he's been on the show many times and he actually posted this on air for us as well on air we got to see it but a fan-made mock-up of Sonic was released by YouTuber named Alter Baranoff. And I know people were probably thinking his name, Alter. I don't believe this guy is American, so it's Alter. Or maybe it is Alter, but he that's the way he spells it and pronounces it. Uh, but this gentleman actually created the Sonic, a, a, a mock-up slightly you know slightly downgraded version slightly downgraded version of what we saw from the original sonic trailer of the crappy sonic that we saw but he replaced that one and added his version of what we wanted to see sonic look like he looks the sonic that he created looked like the sonic we wanted but a almost a realistic version of it but you could tell it's a slight, like I said, it's a slightly downgraded version because it doesn't have all of the layers of detail that the version in the movie had. But with that said, it still looks tons better than what the version that they showed us. What I hope they saw it. They were, they, I really, really hope they saw it, and I, I have reason to believe they did. But this one looked like the like the actual game version but he had actual fur in his body like just almost just like the version that you saw in the movie but not as much it was perfect it was not the the original one that we saw in the movie i never liked the amount of fur that it was on him because it just looked like it was too much he looked like a he looked like grover 
from the Muppets, from the Sesame Street. This version, it was slightly, you know, subtle amount of fur that was on him, but his eyes look exactly like his eyes, and he moved, and his reactions and the facial expressions, everything looked exactly what we love to see, and it fit the trailer. He literally just took out the original version of that they did and replaced it with his version, and it worked. It absolutely worked. So, it, it amazed me. Not only that, the uh, this Sonic is getting a lot of praise majority majority of praise uh from youtube which he presented it on and has received over seven million three hundred eighty nine uh million five hundred i'm sorry seven million three hundred eighty nine thousand five hundred and seventy views so far and it's going it's continuing to go up every single time now this is the part that always cracks me up because when you get somebody that's doing something really good it's just almost nature that you're gonna have a minority and think about this we always have a minority of people who rather purposely want to give negative reviews or hate on something or just want to be contrarian about it and have a contrarian attitude about it or they just it just amazes me it never fails there's always going to be somebody a minority think always remember this even no matter how good something is there's going to be a minority amount of people a minor amount of people that is going to hate or give negative reviews because they want to stick out and be noticed that's usually the, mostly the reason that happens and it's always there's rare times that you get really negative reviews for instance the sonic trailer was a rare time that everybody gave negative reviews but when you get something that's really really good you always got some minorities in there you know when you get to the point where you see like a minor quantity of people actually hating on something you got to just pass it off because the overwhelming you know positive reviews it should matter for some reason our instincts is to focus on the actual minor amount of people it could be like one person it could be 10 i remember we had this conversation on um in the talk time live exclusive with amanda c miller uh, you know the voice of baruto if you go if you didn't listen to it go back to it we had this conversation go to talktimelive.com and check it out there on our exclusives page and you can find it there and listen to it but we actually had this conversation about that how much as much fan as much fandom she gets for her roles as Sailor Jupiter or, or Baruto or any character that she had betrayed, there's always a short amount of people who wants to throw shade. And she focuses on that. And it, it, she has, she said that she even admitted she had to con- condition herself to not do that. And that's real. It's like, And it's usually people who don't... I guarantee you, I will put money on it. I will absolutely put money on it. I would bet anything on it that is majority of people who do that are also people who don't have nearly the talent that these people that they're you know thumbs down or hating on it guaranteed you but i digress this gentleman did a what i believe is a phenomenal job putting this together i when i saw this i immediately i had the feeling and expression that I wanted to the first time I saw this. The same expression and feeling that I had when I saw the trailer for Detective Pikachu, which it turned out to be a hell of a movie. And one of the best video game movies ever. It has the throne right now. If they would have showed this, regardless of how good or bad the movie is gonna be, if they would have showed this version 
in a much more layered version of what uh, Baranoff did, I would have been way more excited about this movie. Like people are right now after watching this trailer. And it's what's even more crazy because I've read a few comments on YouTube as well. And somebody made a great point. I'm not even I'm not nearly going to take credit for this, but they made a great point. How is it that this guy who you can obviously tell he, you know, whatever computer PC or Mac that he's using to do this, it's not a cheap PC or Mac. I'm telling you now, if you anybody who does graphics or anything, they're, they're spending loot on their equipment and on their computer equipment to do stuff like that because you need a, pro, a great processor, RAM, and, uh, you know, just enough power and a power supply to actually put all that together, you know? That's, that, that's high processing power and a graphics card to boot. That's high quality computer power that he's packing in to do what he just did. Um that right there is is not cheap but it's not nearly as expensive as the money that they were using to make this movie which i believe it was in like 90 million or so i forgot I, don't quote me on it I, I forgot what was said that was being spent on this movie but a lot of money was being spent on this movie and it could have been 90 million but a lot of movie was being spent has been spent on this movie to make that sonic meanwhile this guy did a slightly downgraded version which is looks tons better than this one where's that money going you know i know jim carrey's expensive as hell and i guarantee a lot of that went to his contract a lot of that is you know went to his contract because he it's documented that he requires a few million at at the door to say that he's doing a movie so um because in to some cases is well deserved a lot of cases is well deserved he's he's a hell of a damn actor and a brilliant comedic actor at that so a lot of it probably is spent on Jim Carrey, but also the fact that this guy probably, I guarantee you this guy put his computer equipment, everything went along with that. If you put all that together, it's probably less than 10 grand of equipment that created that Sonic that he did. These guys spent millions to production. Uh, we're talking production. We're talking, you know, crew. We're talking somewhere along the line special effects came in and that had to be a couple mil too but this guy created it within a few thousand dollars i guarantee you he did i will put money on that as well uh and that's talking from experience and i i don't understand why they couldn't have done what they did right there and it didn't work and look at the reaction this mock-up version got way more positive reaction than the original official trailer did so hopefully when they do make that redesign that it looks somewhere near to what he looks like and if it's not i'm not going to see this movie because that's the only thing that's keeping me from seeing this movie right now is the fact that they had this howard the duck morphed up looking version of sonic on here and it, it just to me it just goes to show you could tell when the director and the people behind it are fans of the things that they're creating these guys clearly were not fans the guy author i'm sorry alter baranoff is a fan of that game genre he he gave it the respect that we were all looking for and it looks tons better this is what we were looking for just like they did with detective pikachu all of the characters look just like the characters but just look more real had a more real world feel to it 
I, I still can't wait to see what those guys are going to come up. Because I guarantee within that 7 mil, 300,000 and 500 views, guaranteed they were in there. They were, they are absolutely a part of it, and they had to see that. I'm hoping that they do that soon. So, uh, that's what I got to say about that. So, you know, shout out to that guy. He's awesome. Uh, and oh, by the way, not only that, go out of your way to check, go to his YouTube page where you can see that trailer, but you could also see another one that he did of Darkwing Duck. It's very cool, absolutely very cool uh, that he did that. So, I want to talk about the Captain Marvel uh, movie and the featurette, the bonus feature that uh, has come out because, you know, Captain Marvel came out this week. I got a chance to watch again. Absolutely loved it. I know it's not the best of my of my series, but look, the lowest of the series is still better than a lot of other movies out there. So it's just by default. You know, it, it's, it's not... You got to understand, when it comes to the Marvel Cinematic Movies, all 22 movies, it's not that one's worse. It's not that it's it's the worst. It's the least favorite. It's not. I w- I wouldn't use worst. It's just the least favorite because it's the least favorite by default. Because there's so many of them out there to compare, it's hard to really do it. So and we did that already. We tried that already. We see what happened when we did the um the top ten a while a while back. So you know that goes what I'll say. But it's not to say that any of the movies are bad. It's just it's the least favorite by default. It's not saying it is bad at all because the least favorite is still better, a better movie than a lot of other movies out there. So, but I digress. We, uh, I watched the bonus feature and I didn't realize the connection. I'm watching Ages of S.H.I.E.L.D. And there was always, again, we talk about it again. There's always a saying that there was no connection to the yada, 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 yada. Well, the, the hell it ain't. It is a connection to this year's, uh, to this season with, uh, in last season, not only with the, the Kree, uh, connection, but there's another connection that is connected to Captain Marvel, and it, you find it out in, while watching the movie and watching Agents of Shield. This week on Agents of Shield, we saw Agent Keller, played by Lucas Bryant, at the hands of an alien bat that, with, that flew right into his mouth and suddenly sprouted out these crystal spikes that that punctured right through his body. This dude is dead. He's super. As with my um, friend and ACMG member. And uh, Anthony Whitaker says he's super dead. <laughs> he's just super dead. I mean, like you can't get any more dead than this. But this led to Yo-Yo shutting him down and actually ending him. Uh, you know, before he expanded more, because whatever was happening to him, it was going to just take over the entire you know base that they were in, and he she had to shut it down. And unfortunately, it was unfortunate because um, they were actually becoming a item. You know, if you guys have been watching, you know, this is the aftermath of everything that happened last season. And Mac and, and Yo-Yo kind of split apart because Mac couldn't handle everything that was going on. Plus, he was director, so he didn't want to have that type of situation going on. But he knew that those two were getting at it, and he didn't want to interfere with them. So, you know, it became that situation. So I think that him and Yo-Yo are going to wind up getting back together as a result of this. It's, it's sad, but the significant thing about Agent Keller is that there's an Agent Keller in the movie Captain Marvel. And he, in fact, it, it, it can't be a coincidence because he, I believe that this dude is a grandson of that, you know, of uh, that dude, which would make the Keller in the Captain Marvel movie, which was set in the 90s, his grandfather. And the guy just, you know, he start, he became an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., you know, after his father. Um, 
the if you guys remember agent keller that that was in the movie he was the director of shield before uh fury took over uh which by the way if you realize fury took over it was when um alexander pierce gave him the nod to become the new director after that incident with captain marvel so captain marvel actually connects a lot of points i mean way more points to everything that's going to happen in the marvel cinematic universe and the featurette the bonus features absolutely show a lot of that there so i highly recommend getting captain marvel and watching those bonus features they're awesome they're absolutely great in there but um yeah agent keller was if you guys remember agent keller was i believe tied up or kidnapped or something in in the movie and the scroll talus uh you know he he took his image he took his identity at the time so that version was in him but it was talus but there is that connection there i totally believe it i don't think i think people didn't realize it but that's interesting so for anybody who didn't think that you know there was a connection and they weren't going to be still focusing and referencing from the movies no there you have it right there it's very subtle but it's there just like uh, cloak and dagger they referenced um luke cage you know last week so they i'm is like i said it's great to see that they're still connected in some form or fashion i didn't know people just want to see actual stars and people connect and all stuff and i had this conversation with dan matthews recently on this but you know better some or little than none at all in this case so it, it is what it is with that so last bit of news i wanted to talk about is something that i put over on the acmg facebook group and other groups as well and i put over a debate i started a really interesting discussion or debate if you will more, more of a discussion gave people options marvel studios or the marvel cinematic universe or the infinity saga if you will versus the star wars saga and based on the question i posted on acmg that you know as to which franchise had the better sagas from start to finish majority voted for marvel based on the the consistency of storyline and character development one of my members i just wanted to point this out which is very interesting one of my members uh claimed that it was almost unfair to compare as he claimed that marvel had an advantage of a lot of sagas including star wars and lord of the rings to work off of i'll give him credit that's possibly true that's that there is somewhat of a thing you can definitely i can definitely tell that they did look at some of those that is true they more than more than likely probably looked at a lot of those shows or those sagas and movies franchises you know with all the sequels that they did and was like okay they did this way we could do it this way but one thing you need to realize that there is no guarantees there was never any guarantees that marvel was going to instantly successfully knock this out of the park and especially the way that they did it he made it seem like right like during the writing and all the everything that they prepped for this throughout the 11 years that they were doing this was very easy to do that came off very i'm like no the, the logic of that doesn't make sense like the the writing that they did for the movies the writing that they did for the netflix shows and all of the you know tv shows on freeform and abc that all connects together you made it he made it seem like that was easy to do that is not easy to do people have tried to do what marvel has done before and has not successfully have done it and if that was the case why didn't dc films does do um just do it as good as marvel studios did after the fact so how can you say that it was almost unfair like marvel studios has been out for like 11 years 
DC films came in, I think maybe five years prior to them coming out, and we started seeing the formation and the algorithm and the formula coming together. DC films could have done it the same exact way, but they didn't, and they failed doing it. Greg Berlanti on and in the CW and the DC universe has done greatly with the, how he put the things together and how he make things connect. He did it the way, and he did it. He now he did it by watching what Marvel Studios was doing and said, "Hell, I'm doing the same thing. I'm doing the exact same thing." And for because of that they were successful, but DC Films tried to do it and they failed. And they could have looked at, you know, Marvel Studios and did the exact same thing and just told different stories within the algorithm that they get were uh, that Marvel did it from. You know, it, it's just it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense at all. That's like saying, like, it's unfair for Brock Lesnar to have dominated um, seasoned vets like Randy Couture, Frank Mayer, Heath, Crazy Horse Herring, and Shane Carwin. That, to me, is like, dude, all those guys were veterans. All those guys had had what it takes to be the best at what they were doing. Randy Couture is a legend. Frank Mayer is a legend. They dominated and broke a lot of hands and limbs out there, especially found Frank Mayer. Brock Lesnar came in and said, "None of that. I'm I'm doing my own thing. I'm, I got my own strength. You can't try to handle me." And ransacked all the way through up up till Shane Carwin and until he got that diverticulitis. So <clears throat> I don't understand that situation not to mention lucas films have way more longevity than anyone who done it before them and should have had the fan advantage to give uh fans what they wanted but they but in fact they did fail many times over with the first three episodes if you will which received negative reviews uh, mostly the first mostly the phantom venice the phantom menace and um and revenge of the, not revenge of the, revenge of the sith was probably the best of the three reviewed but episode one and episode two just people did not like that especially because of the jar jar banks situation which i gotta say if you just mentioned jar jar banks this drops the mic on the whole debate as to whether what saga had it best um you could just put it just right there but then you had also the two side movies uh solo and and rogue one which no pun had lukewarm at best reviews and questionable recent movies which i actually personally like i like the recent to um the last jedi and and the other one uh that came up i didn't mind them i didn't mind them at all but that were they consistent in my opinion i both both franchises are legendary in their own right but when you think about it marvel really killed it from start to finish even like i said their weakest they had two bumps in the road out of all of the 11 years they had and it still didn't affect them badly one was iron fist which the first season really didn't live up and that was a lot of situations going on with there the second one uh, the second season was actually way better than the first, and they actually got things together, but it was too little too late. Or, yeah, it was too little too late, because by the time then, they canceled all the series out before we ever got to see more of a development of the series, which absolutely sucked, in my opinion. Um, a lot of people's opinion, to be honest. And then the other flop, unfortunately, um, was in, in Humans, you know? And Humans, who starred one of our former guests of this show mike moe who is now becoming bruce lee in the new T- quentin tarantino movie once a time uh once upon a time in hollywood yes he was on the show and you can also listen to that interview i had with him dating back to when he was ryu 
in Street Fighter Assassin's Fist. Right before he actually was going to become Trigon, uh, Trigon and in uh, humans. It's really his uh, his road is very interesting. I'll tell you that. But you know, it's hard to deny. Even people. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. And I and I spoke to somebody in another group about this too, because she felt that she liked the actual she she preferred star wars star wars is our number one favorite as much as i it, it is your favorite did it do better than the other as far as storyline consistency and the and why i respect and understand and i totally agree with what she said but she kind of said i like this and this but i didn't like this and this but that also says that from start to finish it did not live up to expectations which means it wasn't the best genre i the question was what was your favorite what did it best while everybody is a fan of both you gotta admit marvel did with no they could stop right now everything that they're doing which i almost kind of wish they did in the sense because i don't know what they're going to do next or who they're going to come out with or how much is going to have even if they flop now it doesn't take anything away from the infinity uh saga that's a huge accomplishment right there. So, uh, you know, think about it. You know, if you're in an ACMG group and you haven't chimed in on it, go out of, go out of your way to go to uh, check it out there at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash ACMG1. You know, let us know what you think about that note. But for now, we're going to end this segment right now and take a break. Come back and review the pilot episode, The Swamp Thing on the DC Universe. We'll do that right after this. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dak Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, the voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer Titans Go. Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on TalkTimeLive.com. TalkTimeLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTimeLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Time Live. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Team Titans Go, and you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Do it. And now, it's time for our Talk Topic of the Week. Ready? Fight! All right, folks, we are back with our Talk Topic of the Week, and it is my review of the pilot episode to DC Universe's newest series, Swamp Thing. We finally got a chance to see it. And by the way, this, I believe, is the first series not done by Berlinti Productions, and... With that said, this was absolutely a great, scary, creepy style series that we're going to get. There's 10 episodes going to be this season for the first season, and they're hour long each. And with that, the first episode gave us a taste of what we're going to expect to see down the line. And man, if you're a horror fan, which I know my uh, friend of mine, Walter, who, by the way, shout out to him. He actually went to a Janet concert and got picked to be on stage. If any of you have ever been to a Janet concert and wish to be picked on stage, you know what happens when Janet picks you on stage. So shout out to him on that, but I digress. Um, he is a huge horror fan. We've hung out uh, two times, to- the both times that I was at San Diego Comic-Con and uh, 
Ollie, he goes there for the horror. He goes, he loves the, he loves horror movies. I think he would absolutely love what I actually got to see here. This was not only just really scary and creepy, but this was good scary and creepy. I mean, this was the way they put this together was really well, very well done. Uh, I absolutely enjoyed it. I didn't know what to expect when I got to see it. I've seen many different variations of Swamp Thing, you know, the cartoon, the animated series. When that, when all that was out back then, I had no idea that there was DC comic ties to it because, again, I'm not a DC Comics fan, and I didn't understand the lore of it. I just knew that this was a thing, and uh, you know, I've watched them all. I really did. They, they were some good stuff, but I think they really stepped up the mark with this one and made it a very horror. Uh, you know horror filled genre with this and kind of putting you in a place of where is this going and where I had to watch this twice to really get an understanding of what I had what I was seeing you know because you look at it the first time and it was visually stunning and you see all the actors in there and you see people like getting killed all over the place like Swamp Thing can easily be a Mortal Kombat <laughs> in this case which almost made me want to play Injustice 2 again because he's in there but this was very well done i love what was going on here and i'm gonna run down the story and then talk about some of the cast members prior to that because this is very interesting so let's talk about the story uh the story starts with abby a crane arcane actually and abby arcane is played by crystal reed if you guys recognize her if you guys saw the episode and recognize her from other shows uh one in particular gotham she was the mob boss's daughter uh, the uh, I believe the Mahoney's. I, I forgot the name of the mob boss, but um, she was the daughter of that uh, mob boss syndicate in there, and she kind of was trying to take over the syndicate with uh, Commissioner Gordon, and it was a really interesting thing. She was in there, very noticeable, <laughs> I might say. And in this show, she's now Abby Arcane, and who is an investigator and researcher for uh, with the CDC, who travel back to Homa, Louisiana, despite the, her traumatizing dev and devastating past, uh, to learn more about what she believes to be a dangerous virus or, um, which originated from the local swamp there. The uh, Pretty much what has happened is that the connection uh, to many strange things that are happening, which is leading from that swamp, including two epidemic uh, to an epidemic that is plaguing some people in town and they if you see the episode they show the scene where the little girl is in school and all of a sudden she's coughing out looks like she's coughing out blood or something to that nature and her nose is bleeding and suddenly she's trying to raise her hand to the teacher and the kids are noticing that something strange is going on and i love this scene because this reminded me of some things that i've experienced in school whenever something strange like that happened kids are getting sick or like in this case i went to a, a scared straight program back in the day and lo and behold one of my classmates had you know he had epilepsy he which means he caught a seizure and we caught on to it before anybody else did. And we're in a scared straight program. Yes, yeah, scared straight. We were part of the stupid public school kids who had scared straight. Whatever. But, you know, lo and behold, he falls down to the ground. We think he's playing around. We were, we were very uneducated at the time to the situation or seizures or anything. This is our first ever experience of a seizure. But, you know, the cop and the teacher immediately, you know, went to action and helped him out. This reminded me of that situation. So they, they really played this part really well. Uh, and I, it was very believable in this scene um but the show starts off 
with three men in the bayou dropping off a box that we pretty much learn later on in the episode to be like a discharger that lets out some sort of a chemical that is affecting not only the swamp but the people in that town take note one of the people in this boat that is dropping off and discharging the computer guy just happens to be rj uh, siler if you recognize that name some of you recognize that name for a few reasons uh, for a couple reasons one of which he was the he his portrayal of the black ranger in the recent power rangers movie that came out a few years back uh the power ranger that had autism and he wound up being the black ranger he was like one of the most standout characters in that in that movie bar none he was great he was absolutely great in there he was also seen in black dynamite too playing sort of a uh, genius villain for Tobias, who wound up getting his ass killed nearly, uh, like, only two, three, four episodes later. And the same thing happens here. They're at the bayou. They're dropping off the, these dischargers, and it's contaminating the swamp. And this leads to Swamp Thing coming in. They don't. We don't see Swamp Thing. We see the vines that he controls, which also is piercing through all of these guys, including R.C. Like, and the most R.C. Uh, Siler got the most epic kill ever of being pierced up into the into like the sky in this case and he killed off everybody vir virtually everybody in that boat so Abby winds up teaming up with this I guess he's like a failed biologist uh, named Alec Holland played by Andy Bean who was hired by Andy Su uh, Sunderland to find out what's going on with the swamp and I looked at this guy when I, when I first showed him and I'm like this guy doesn't seem all that he says he is he's he's like one of the richest guys in the town and he's trying to you know help everybody or he's portraying himself as helping everybody to see what's going on with the swamp and hoping that he can help I think I, I this this guy gives me vibes that he's the reason why all this stuff is happening I, I'm getting that vibe from him. He actually hired Alec uh, Holland, who in fact has some controversial situation of him. Um, he basically he he uh, what did he do? He manipulated the data that he uh, from based on the research that he was doing to you know get some credibility, and he wound up being found out about it, and he's been discredited for it. And uh, that might be the reason why Avery has hired him in some cases because he knew he was going to be able to find it or whatever so come to find out he stopped using alec after a while but alec was determined to find out what was going on with the swamp because he believes that he knows the answer to this and by doing so he goes to the hospital where the little girl has been taken after uh being taken away by the ambulance and headed to the hospital and we have abby over there who's researching the situation he ends up coming over there looking at the data and information that they have in hope in hopes to try to help out the situation because his research may collaborate with her research and at first they weren't going to try to hear from him but later on they come to find out and they find him at the house of the little girl come to find out his father has been killed by swamp thing in the bathroom and this caused a little bit more of a situation the cop by the way in that scene i gotta get his name but the cop in that scene if you guys watch riverdale he's also he was also the crooked cop in riverdale 
So he's coming back playing a cop again for this series, who also is a childhood friend of Abby as well. So that's a situation there. I think we're going to see him for a few more episodes here uh, in this season one. Uh, then we see Avery's wife, Maria, dis- uh, who discovers that Abby's back in town and confronts her at a bar where they're trying to get more information from another old friend who just happens to be a reporter for the town newspaper. Um she actually confronts her and tells her that she still blames her for what happened to their daughter long ago, which I'm pretty sure we're going to see more of that unravel as episodes go by. Uh, Abby does reveal somewhat a little bit to Alec of what happened in that situation uh, in the episode, but there, it hasn't opened up all the way. But she requests that she leaves town as soon as she finds a cure for the little girl uh, who fell ill. And she never wants to see her again. So, you know, that brought really big emotions to Abby because Abby tried to explain to her that, you know, she thinks about her every day and such. And even coming back was hurting for her. But Avery's wife, Maria, also said, like, for every time that you went to college and you excelled in college, I was going through, you know, trouble at home with the husband and divorce and all types of things while you were excelling elsewhere even though you supposedly killed my daughter you're still here able to excel so you better do what you said you were going to do and get the hell out of here pretty much which we know she's not going to do that if you saw the trailers and the teasers but um this continues to lead into a lot of creepy developments in the swamp and a lot of connections to the investigation that they're doing as well as dead bodies inhabited by plants and vines of the dead who enter the swamp after Alec and Abby discovers the boxes with the leading with the deadly chemicals, Alec goes out to retrieve the other boxes and further study them uh, in the swamp. This led to Alec being shot twice by uh, a mysterious man in a boat who had a harpoon and an actual uh, shotgun in there. Alec managed to somehow get away from it, you know, because he threw a dynamite, a stroke of dynamite into that boat and managed to get away from it as well swimmed away from it however while in the water trying to get away from that mysterious man he ends up getting caught and believed to be killed by swamp thing which then abby comes down to the swamp to try to find alec to also be chased down by swamp thing not only did she get chased by swamp thing she found a body that looked exactly like alec in there so it if you guys seen that scene the vines were piercing through Alex. So I, that dude's super dead at this point, unless something turns up later on in the season, because it looks like he's going to be on every single season, uh, every single episode of the season. So I don't know what's, what's going to happen with him exactly, but Swamp Thing finally appears. The actual Swamp Thing appears out of nowhere and decides to start to chase Abby. Abby somehow, some way gets away from him, only to discover... And possibly due to the fact that Swamp Thing is, looks a bit sick and dying, possibly from the chemicals that's been inhabited into the water. And that's how the show ends. This series, again, I was very impressed with this series. I love what I was able to see here. I thought the cast was great. Uh, Crystal Reed did a great job playing as Abby Arcane. We're gonna, I'm looking forward to seeing more developments with her, as well as Virginia Madsen, who... I think plays a deeper role in this as well with her daughter, with the traumatization of her and the death of a daughter here. Um, again, 
Andy Bean, I don't... He... I saw the episode. I saw that he's going to be in more episodes, so I don't know what's going to happen here. The guy that I believe uh, that I was talking about was uh, Henderson Wade. He was also in Riverdale. He played the, the shady cop on there as well. Um, I guess we're going to see more from him as well. This time, not as shady, I suppose. Uh, Will Patton, who played Avery Sutherland. I believe is going to be the main bad guy. I believe by the end of this series, he's going to face Swamp Thing and something's bad going to happen. And we're going to find out why they, you know, these guys have been dumping this chemicals in and starting an epidemic of sickness into the air, into Missouri or the swamp or whatever, or Louisiana. Um, They actually said Missouri in there. I saw in other news to say Louisiana. I don't know the connections because I've never been in either. So go figure on that one. But, um, that that is where exactly what they're set at from what i understand but um there's a lot of situations too including ellie graham who plays the little girl Susie coyle that's the name of the little girl now there was a scene in there also where they were researching they were doing an autopsy on her father who was one of the guys that was in that boat in the beginning of the show and he was found killed and the house and that's where they found Alec that's when um, the cop and Abby found uh, Alec in there or Matt Cable is what is the cop was named Matt and Abby found Alec in there who was trying to get a sample of what's going on and they also discovered that the guy was inhabited by vines all over his body coming through his mouth everywhere you go uh, he was super dead in this case again shout out to uh, <laughs> Anthony there and she while he was doing an autopsy the vines started coming out and ripping this guy's body off during the autopsy, but also some type of connection to her father, Susie, came back to life. And she came walking. She found her father and found her father being ripped apart by the vines, and she passed out. Uh, Abby somehow was able to get away from those vines and not be killed by the vines, almost being killed by the vines, and going and... Uh, you know, being resuscitated by Abby. So the girl right now is okay, but we don't know further situation connection to those two from there. So uh, a lot of great cast here going on, and I'm looking forward to seeing what happens. I got to tell you guys, again, I I wasn't really skeptical about the um, DC Universe. I was just always saying that if you're going to charge that much, please make it worth your while and worth the while of the fans. And I got to tell you, they are giving... DC fans, whether you're a fan of the show or a fan of, or for, I'm sorry, fan of the primetime shows or the TV series that they do or the animated series, they're giving you your clear money's worth. You know, for $7.99 a month, if you're a fan and you don't pay for any other, you know, if you if you have affordable means and you can do it, definitely go out of your way to get it. If you don't have affordable means and you don't have that many streaming networks to work with, this is a great great network for fans i mean i know people want to get every single network but i also know that most people can't afford to get every single network that they can but if you if you are a fan of comic books if you're a fan of you know dc comics in particular you gotta invest in this this is a really good and you could get in and get out at any time that's the even greater thing you could pay for a month you could unsubscribe within like a few i would you could instantly unsubscribe within a few days and just you know pay for that month and don't pay for it again and just go back on whenever you want. I do it all the time. So, um, and I do it most likely whenever 
be seasons in. So once this is over, I'll probably I I still have like a few more weeks of this. So probably I'll probably get to see the first and second episode and probably just get out until all the episodes you know are finished and come back in and just enjoy what they have. But if you are consistent, you know this is a great great app to have. Again, I'm looking forward to seeing what Disney Plus comes out with with all the new shows that come out, which is said to be heavily connected to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and they're going to affect the Marvel Cinematic Universe in a big way, mostly because they have a lot of the actors in there from the movie as well. So looking forward to that, but kudos to DC Universe. I mean, again, DC films have not lived up to expectations, but damn it, I can tell you their primetime series and their TV series are doing phenomenal, phenomenal work out here in, in keeping the genre alive. And I love it. So go out of your way to check out. If you got a reason to want to check out, you know, DC Universe, the app, there is a plenty of reasons now. Swamp Thing is just the newest edition of that. Um, Doom Patrol, again, was fantastic. Titans was really good. Uh, Young Justice, absolutely awesome. Go out of your way to check out this and much, much more there. They also got old episodes of like the original Flash, Superman. Uh, the Super Friends, all those old cartoons from back in the day. Justice League is there. The original Young Justice is there. So much content right there. Such little time. They also got, you know, TV specials as well. This is literally the WWE Network equivalent. This is like they, they're, their library is getting deeper and deeper. They're providing really good, you know, content in there. I can't deny this. I cannot deny this at all. They've done tremendous. What should we expect from you know, from freaking uh, DC and Warner Brothers. So go out of your way to check it out. And ladies and gentlemen, that will do it for this edition of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. I hope you all have a great week this week. And next week, we finally get to review Dark Phoenix. It's coming. I finally get a chance to check it out. I'm going to get my ticket early. I am going to review it. I am going to have a lot of fun. I think this is going to be good. I have This is the final X-Men movie of Fox. It would be really cool if we wind up seeing some connection to the Marvel Cinematic Universe in some form or fashion. I don't know how they could do it, but it would be awesome. But this is the final Fox X-Men movie. It's going to end here. That's it. So I'll talk about that and any other news that is coming out in the world of our favorite fandom. So stay tuned for that. Keep supporting us. Follow me on Instagram at Dexavier Josiah. You can also check us out on the ACMG Facebook group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash ACMG one. You must have a legit profile on Facebook five years or more with you actually interacting with friends and family or whatever, whoever else having a conversation. It has to be a real profile that you invested in, not just you showing pictures, not just you not having pictures of yourself. Like I, we don't, we, we want to make sure that there are actual people that are looking to talk and have fun in this group we just don't want people just lurking around or trying to troll or whatever so there um you can check out all this in every episode on talktimelive.com especially our exclusive interviews with some of the best in all our anime comics movies and games you can go to our exclusive page you can see all the interviews with some of the actors game developers animators you name it they're all there and in fact this week i believe i am going to have another exclusive uh he's returning to the show brandon Wright. he did the dead star web series he's doing a whole another new series coming out that we'll be talking about along with a one of his co 
one of his actual co-stars or actual stars of the show will be on air to talk about that new project as well so stay tuned this week for that and much more and of course you can find us on iHeartRadio. as of right now i don't know what they're going to call it but itunes is believed to be ending tomorrow so i don't know there will be a new format that will be uh like premiering podcasts or whatever so we'll give that information we'll find out more on that sooner or later but apple is said to be doing some major things and this may be the end of itunes and in the form of a new app that is coming so we'll know more about that as time goes by but if not there you can also find us like i said on iHeartRadio, on stitcher google play Podbean, and probably a lot of other places that i don't know about as well <laughs> so check us out in there more and just keep supporting us and everything and uh there's more to come guaranteed so ladies and gentlemen thanks again on behalf of myself this is dax xavier josiah saying learn to let go live life and love all things anime comics movies and games this is acmg presents talk time live i am out of here take care and have a great week Music for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.